0: All right, man. So I don't know if I told you this. Uh, Michael is wanting to get a new pet. So uh-huh. we we told him that he couldn't have another dog or anything. But so we got him a pet tree, and we said, "Look, it's like a pet dog, except the bark is quieter."
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's good.
0: Man, I'm good. Good deal. I'm good. Good. So real quick, we want to say go check out the Podbelly Network at podbelly.com. You can find a list of shows that we're happy to be associated with. Kind of runs the gamut there of topics and and things that you can listen to. But I I guarantee you, you're going to find something on there that you enjoy. So go to podbelly.com. We also want to thank tonight's sponsor, Care Of, and we will talk more about Care Of coming up in the episode. And while you're on the internet doing whatever it is you're doing, looking up male pattern baldness cures or how to plump your lips or, you know, get get a J-Lo booty, whatever it is that you're looking up.
1: Uh, apparently, we've got a lot of listeners into plastic surgery.
0: Yeah, just this <laughs> week. Just this week. This is plastic surgery week for Graveyard Tales listeners. <laughs> Um, go over to patreon.com slash graveyard tales and sign up to become a patron. You can get bonus episodes every week. Even if it's a dark week, we try to get a bonus episode up Um, and our $10 a month. They get the video versions of these episodes. They get an ad free audio version plus the bonus episodes. So go over there and check it out. We try to send out a little thank you to everybody as well. Um, But if you sign up, don't get mad if it's, not a prompt package in the mail from us with a thank you letter there's a lot that we have to do and you will get it it may not be right on time but it it's coming i promise
1: yeah did you ever do you remember those seven up ads um the make seven up yours where the
0: shirt (laughs) said make seven on the front up yours no okay
1: no but i like that (laughs) um this one was this uh the guy the he's like running a contest that's show us your can (laughs) and and he you know holding up a seven up can yeah and then he's going through these stacks and stacks of letters and he's going oh uh," and he, he looks at another one good lord he's like I think we kind of... I, I think they, they're they missing the point here. <laughs> and then it's just this montage of him looking at him, and he's like, looks like two big Christmas hams. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one.
1: It made me th- I don't know what made me think of that.
0: That's good. Show us your can. Yeah. yeah. Please don't. Wait. It's the
1: J-Lo booty thing, I think.
0: Oh, that's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> We're not asking for can footage, though. I promise you that. We. I... There's enough cans, quote unquote, on the Internet. We don't need to see anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we got it covered.
0: (laughs) All right, Matt, let's take a second and talk about tonight's sponsor, Care Of. Now, Care Of is a subscription service that ships high quality, personalized vitamins, supplements and powders conveniently to your door every month. Care of also helps track your wellness progress through their thoroughly designed companion app. Health should be personal and care of takes the guesswork out of what supplements are best suited for you and your goals. You just take a short in-depth quiz about your lifestyle and health goals for a personalized doctor backed recommendation.
1: Yeah. I mean, care of is making, taking vitamins and supplements super easy and convenient because I'm telling you, just go look at the vitamin aisle in your, in your local store. I mean, we've got entire, entire stores dedicated to this. There's so much out there Mm -hmm. and you're not sure what's right for me. Care of helps with all that. You, you go on there, you take the quiz, you give them some of your, your health goals you know what you're looking to you know for help with you take the quiz and they make the recommendations for you so it you're not going in blindly and one thing i love is you don't have to dig through your cabinet full of a dozen different bottles oh yeah um like i've done in the past it, it comes in in the convenient little carry packets you just you pull one out of your box you know exactly what's in there because you've got all the information on every supplement. You rip it open and you take them and and you're on. And if if you if you're going like on a weekend trip, you just grab the packets for the days you're going to be gone. Easy as pie. Mm-hmm. No 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 gigantic Ziploc full of all your bottles, <laughs> nothing like right. that.
0: That's normally how I would do it back in the day, but yeah. Now that you and I are both going on vacation soon, this makes it so easy.
1: It makes it so much easier. And, you know, sometimes your goals change. Sometimes you're thinking, well, you know, I'm not so much worried about this as I am about that. Go on and take the quiz again. Mm-hmm. You know, you go take the quiz again. Maybe their recommendations will change for you. And you say, well, hey, maybe I don't need this as much now. I may take this for me that was I've started taking zinc okay oh yeah you know I've started taking zinc there's a, a, a lot of benefits to that um I did my own research and sure enough you know you go on take the quiz they say hey for what you're wanting to accomplish zinc may be good for you bingo yep so you know now I'm taking zinc and it just it it makes it so simple and, and you can trust what you're what you're getting from them. Right. So if you want to be like Adam and me and clear out some cabinet space from <laughs> all those bottles and know exactly what you're taking and making it as easy as you can, all you have to do is go to TakeCareOf.com and enter our promo code GRAVE50, that's G-R-A-V-E 5-0, and you'll get 50% off your first Care-of order.
0: That's right. For 50% off your first Care-of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter our code GRAVE50. G-R-A-V-E 50 grave 5 But Matt, that's all I got. So why don't you tell us, what are we talking about tonight, brother?
1: Well, tonight we're going to go to the UK and we're again? gonna talk, yeah, again, <laughs> I know it we we keep jumping across the pond, um, we're gonna talk about um well, I just i don't I don't really have a great intro for this place aston hall it's it's in Birmingham, and it's it's just it's a fascinating house, in fact, Adam and I were discussing it before the show, um haunted or not, this is. You know, th- this is an amazing uh piece of architecture and an English history. Yep. Um yep. so even without the, the, the ghost stories that go along with it, um it's really an incredible place and it's it's one of the if I'm wrong, and Adam's gonna talk more about this, it's one of the last remaining um homes of this particular style architecture mm-hmm. you know so so there's a, a lot of it's it was um uh it played a played a role in the English civil war so a very unique place but also quite haunted uh according to visitors and guests and staff members uh it's it's usually found on those lists of the some of the most haunted places in the UK so uh we're going to get into it. we there is just like with all of these really old places especially in europe um the history of it is uh can be quite dark mm-hmm. um you know thing, things weren't all coming up roses for everyone during you know the the 1600s sure. and and the the family that lived in Aston hall uh they were also uh, not immune To just hardship and just craziness, to be honest with you, so when you hear some of these stories, you're gonna be like, "Jesus, it's crazy."
0: It it certainly plays into the hauntings
1: there. Yeah, it does. It does. So, um, Aston Hall, Adam, uh, let us know what. Tell us about Aston Hall. You know when it was built, what it was built for, all that good stuff.
0: Well, it was built some years ago and is built for this dude. All right, your turn. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm done. Some I'm guy done. built it a I, long time ago now, and it's I, still there. I gave up on this episode. <laughs> I just said, screw it. I'm not Nobody cares about the history anymore. I'm done. No, I'm kidding. Um, so as we always say, go check the sources down at the bottom of the show notes. You can find where we found our information. I did it right that time, Matt, not like last time. Bingo. Um Now I'm going to mess up everything else it up. I don't write this (laughs) stuff down. So this is going to be just screwed up. Um, There's a lot of information, like Matt was saying, that is out there on the house and the area and stuff like that. We're not going to cover all of it because we don't have 16 hours to run the history of the town and the area and the land and all that. But if you're interested, go check our sources down at the bottom of the show notes. Now, there is history to the house, but like Matt and I were talking, there doesn't seem to be a lot of written history about Aston Hall itself. Yeah, there there are some specific things that Matt will get into and that I'll get into, but you know, it's not as detailed as some of these other places in the UK, which I'm not maybe it's just we're not in the area, so we don't have access to everything that they've got, and we obviously don't have access to the oral history of the area, but we'll get into what we can get into. Now, Aston Hall is a 17th century mansion house built in the Jacobian style in Aston, Birmingham. Now, Aston Hall is located in the village of Aston, three miles north of Birmingham and close to junction six of the M6. So if you're in the UK, near Birmingham, you'll know exactly where that is. Now, what is the Jacobian style? Just so we don't spend the entire episode wondering, because I do that sometimes when I don't know what a word means, I'll spend the whole time trying to figure it out and not listening to anything else that's said. And <laughs> so by the end of whatever speech or or monologue I'm listening to, I'm still going, what in the heck is J- Jacobian? What does Jacobian mean? And I missed the rest it, of it. Say it
1: like everybody should already know. Like, how could you be such a cretin?
0: Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't know what the Jacobian style. How is? Don't, this is the Jacobian <laughs> style built? You know, yeah. as, as famous as it was during the Jacobian era, and I, I've heard people say Jacobean. It's not Jacobean. It's Jacobian. Um, I mean, you can say Jacobean if you want to. That just makes me hungry. Mm. But you know. It, <laughs> If it even even has bean in it. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I'm hungry. I mean, let me get a bowl of them Jacko beans, please. A little hot sauce on them. So, this is from uh, westlandlondon.com. Now, the Jacobian era, it's from Jacobus, which is Latin for James. So, it was the period in English and Scottish history from 1597 to 1625. The area coincides with the reign of James VI of Scotland, who also inherited the English throne as James I in 1603 upon the death of Elizabeth I. So the Jacobian style is considered the second phase of English Renaissance architecture. The Elizabethan era saw the first introduction of Renaissance ideals into England. The arrival of Italian ideas of philosophy and art coincided with the development of a more international economy and an emerging middle class, so at the beginning of the Jacobian period, there was little stylistic change from Elizabethan trends, which continued to develop so during King James's reign, however, English architecture began more decisively to adopt Renaissance motifs. This was partly due to an increase in the employment of Flemish and German carvers and other continental artisans who brought with them Renaissance styles and techniques. So this direct influence saw a departure from the Elizabethan style, which had borrowed its classical details from books. And we've talked about the Elizabethan style in a previous episode, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, there, There was several houses and, and stuff, so even in the U.S. that were in Elizabethan-style architecture. Oh, so, yeah. um, But although the general principles of Elizabethan design still held sway, architects began to take a more unified and consistent approach to formal design, both in planning and elevation. So buildings from this period characteristically combine motifs from the late uh, perpendicular Gothic period with classical elements like flat roofs, with openwork parapets, columns, pilasters, I guess is how you would say it, and round arch arcades. These classical details were often imperfectly understood and somewhat clumsy. So many buildings influenced by the Jacobian style made use of the Tudor-pointed arch, as well as ornamental details that are also characteristic of Elizabethan design, like scrolls, lozenges, and strap work. So lozenges, yeah. And and if you had a sore throat, you could lick some of the walls. <laughs> I, and, I,
1: I, knew, I knew I wasn't going to get a straight answer there. No, <laughs> I was just like, I've never heard the word lozenge used for anything other than a throat drop, you yeah. know,
0: like the things I keep over here in case I get a little uh Flemish. Right, and, uh,
1: it was the Flemish style say, to yeah. have lozenges in exactly. your
0: architecture. They, they they knew what was up. Once a year everybody got sick, they'd stick lozenges in the wallpaper. <laughs> uh, so it it what I gather from that is the Jacobian style, it's kind of a mixture of newer architecture coming in plus Elizabethan design and Renaissance kind of style, but it was all done it it wasn't as perfect as like Elizabethan style was. It was it was more Uh, open to interpretation of the architect that was building it. So let's look at the house real quick. Now, the house was built between 1618 and 1635, and Aston Hall was designed by John Thorpe in the prodigy house style, a trend that saw vast and opulent houses constructed all over Britain by courtiers and wealthy families. So the founder of Aston Hall was Sir Thomas Holt, who, in the early 17th century, had risen in status under James I, and felt he now needed a glamorous new home befitting his rank?
1: Yeah, this this sounds like this sounds like a kid that just signs a a big NBA contractor and you know an NFL contract. Uh-huh. He's like, ah, yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a pro ball player now. It's time for me to. Live in a house befitting of a professional yeah. athlete at right. age twenty four.
0: Right, right. And, so and,
1: and, and, and you go broke it just within
0: says, two years.
1: Make it make it big, you know, make it make it very mm-hmm. very gaudy and lavish and everything. And that's what Aston Hall kinda is.
0: So. Basically. It was on that episode of my Jacobian Cribs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My Jacobian Cribs. <laughs> Love it. Yeah.
0: So this goes on to say that in 1642, Charles I stayed the night at Aston Hall on his way down to London at an outbreak of the English Civil War, yet before reaching the capital, fought the infamous Battle of Edge Hill against the parliamentarians. So the following year, Aston Hall itself would bear witness to the violence of the war. Though it had been garrisoned with troops from Dudley Castle, the 40 Musketeers, provided were no match for the 1200 strong parliamentarian force that arrived and it suffered severe damage evidence of this can still be seen today such as a hole in the staircase where a cannonball went straight through the window and into the banister
1: yeah yeah it's kind of cool you can still see the cannon the
0: cannonball mm-hmm. hole i mm-hmm. i'm glad they left it i mean honestly it's amazing history so i'm yeah. glad they they left the the cannonball hole
1: but you know what's funny is they fixed the front portion, like it went through a window, mm-hmm. through a door, and then into the banister. And but they fixed the other stuff. I guess you had to. You got to fix a door. Yeah, got to fix a window.
0: Can't let squirrels in. No.
1: But I thought if you're already fixing it, it was you know fortunate for for us. But you know we get to witness some of this history. But why didn't you fix the stairs? <laughs> Yeah, maybe, the they, time, maybe they couldn't. Maybe it was very ornate. Maybe it required maybe. more than just carpentry. Maybe it actually required an artisan to do. I yep. don't know.
0: Maybe, um, but like you said, it's fortunate for us. But you would think at the time they weren't thinking, "Well, this will be a cool thing of for history."
1: <laughs> Listen, I don't do anything in my house that I go, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave this," because in 400 years, somebody is gonna go, "Wow, I'm glad mm-hmm. they left this."
0: <laughs> Well, Matt, that's because we're Americans. (laughs) Nothing over here is going to last 400 years.
1: Yeah, true enough. Uh, We
0: don't build anything important out of stone anymore. It's steel and glass. So it'll be gone within 50 years. But Mm -hmm. so this says that despite the conflict, the house remained in the possession of the Holt family until the early 19th century, when it was at last sold off in 1858, it became a park and museum lasting in this capacity into the modern day. Now, we mentioned Sir Thomas Holt was mm-hmm. the the big cheese of Aston Hall here. So who was he? Well, this is according to history of Parliament online. The Holt family acquired Aston in the mid fourteenth century, and uh, Dudston, its seat until the 17th century, some 80 years later. So I'm just going to jump in real quick. Forgive me that there are a lot of UK names and places and stuff in here that my Texas mouth is (laughs) going to go. No, this is what they would sound like if they were Texas cities. So you're just going to have to forgive me. I know you'll tell me how after the episode you may be typing it already. And if you're typing it already, just wait, because there's going to be a lot more that you're going to have to correct. So,
1: Well, and, and I know how to say Birmingham because I watch Peaky Blinders. So. Right,
0: right. <laughs> I think I've seen a couple episodes of that. So it, it, it helps some. You know, I could do it like this, but this wouldn't help either. So <laughs> I said, you know, Thomas Holt either chose the law or had it chosen for him. That doesn't yeah. sound any better.
1: You you sound like a guy like uh, selling crap on, uh, in uh, Dickens a Christmas Carol. <laughs> you know, you're the guy standing on the street corner. Yeah. You know, he's got a, you've got I'm some a chimney sweep. Up. Yeah.
0: yeah, Do you need your <laughs> chimney sweep. I've got it. Look at me. Look at me. Dust on me here. So, like I said, Thomas Holt either chose the law or had it chosen for him. Not entirely sure. And in, in May 1514, he was admitted to the Middle Temple as a member of Clerks Commons. So within eight years, he was placed on the Warwickshire bench. And about the same time, Sir Henry Willoughby of Wallaton, Nottinghamshire, appointed him steward and supervisor of his lands in Derbyshire, Lincolnshire, Nottinghamshire, and Warwickshire. A ton of shires. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was the Shire with the Hobbits there, too. I don't know. No, he got, exactly he was what I was that
1: fixing one. to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bilbo was actually one of his servants. Um, in 1523, um, he was fined 20S for using whatever 20S is. If you're from that area, please let me know. I, I didn't take the time to look up how much money he was fined. Maybe I silver. Was, I don't know.
1: I was reading that, and I was going... Oh, he must know what 20S means.
0: Nope. Nope. Didn't didn't get around to looking it up at the time and forgot. So, Uh. yeah. But he was uh, fined for using defamatory and seditious words to Richard Rich and others of his inn, but this misbehavior did not prevent his later promotion there. He may indeed have owned his uh, return to the Parliament of 1529 for Warwick, to the patronage of a local magnate who was also a middle Templar. So Rich's cousin, Sir George Throckmorton, was this guy. So they think maybe this Throckmorton guy helped him get back in, even though he used defamatory and seditious words.
1: Yeah. Um, You're going to find out uh, Thomas Holt was was an enormous asshole. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep.
0: <laughs> yep. which explains the seditious words and stuff. Yes, But nothing is known of Holt's role in the House, but he was probably returned again to the Parliament of 1536 in accordance with the king's general request for the re-election of the previous members and may have sat in 1539 when the members of Warwick are unknown. So Holt served on a commission of inquiry into extortions and misdemeanors in the Marches of Wales, which reported early in 1533 and in the following year, Bishop Lee, the newly appointed president of the council in the marches, wrote recommending him to Cromwell. So the minister, who had known Holt before the parliament began, um, acceded to Lee's request for his service, and much of his time thereafter was spent in the marches. He also served on commissions in his native shire including that of 1536 for the survey of monasteries. So this guy did a lot during yeah. his time. But like Matt said, kind of it went to his head a little bit. Well, he was
1: kind of a jerk. He was he was a very powerful man. Yeah. He had a lot of influence. So you know, even even when uh when he would Get in some trouble his his influence typically got him out of it um but you can see the things that he he governed these in these investigations and everything i mean he would uh he he would be well he was he was uh like the sheriff mhm i mean he he was actually a sheriff and yeah you know, it it you're right. It went to his head, but it it gave him a lot of say over what people did, what they could and couldn't do. And when you what the what is the what is the term? They said you know, power, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yep, it's yep. kind of this guy.
0: Yep, for sure, for sure. So let's look at Birmingham for a second. Now, Birmingham is the second largest city in England. It began as an Anglo Saxon village. In the early 12th century, it grew into a town. In 1166, the king gave the lord of the manor, Peter de Birmingham, the right to hold a weekly market at Birmingham. So once a market was up and running, merchants and craftsmen came to live in Birmingham and it soon developed into a busy little town. In 1250, the people of Birmingham were given the right to hold a fair each summer. Now, I just I, I gotta jump in again and say. The the time frame we're in. They w- they were allowed to have a market, they were allowed to have a fair. Right. Because it, it was a big deal because you weren't allowed to do this stuff. So for the fa- for them to be able to have a market and have a fair. It made that place seem pretty important.
1: Well, yeah, it's a fe- it's a feudal system. Sure, you know, yeah. if if you if you're not of you know the 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 hierarchy bloodline, you're you're serf. You know you why know? they
0: called it the feudal system? Why it was feudal to try to move up?
1: He <laughs> was. There, there was the, the rungs on the. Uh, socioeconomic ladder were, we're, cut, uh, off. were cut off <laughs> yeah you, you you stayed where you were and you had no choice mm-hmm. you know i'd imagine some of them lucked out and yeah. were able to marry into uh, a higher standing but n- not often
0: no no it, it was like a few people climbed up the ladder and with each step they would cut off the rungs as they went higher so nobody <laughs> followed
2: <laughs> that's right
0: but as if you were to do that with a ladder, the ladder eventually collapsed. So, I mean, it, 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 this parable, can, I can keep going yeah, if we, we just, would like. <laughs> I drag this out for another 20 minutes. So in the Middle Ages, a fair was like a market, but it was held only once a year. So Birmingham's fair attracted buyers and sellers from all over the Midlands. So medieval Birmingham became known for its wool industry. Wool was woven and dyed in this town. By the late 14th century, Birmingham was also known for its metalworking industry. By then, it was also known for leatherworking and other stuff. Leather was tanned and then used to make gloves, saddles, bottles, shoes, and a lot of other things. So think of this as a production town. Yeah. This this town was known all around it for making stuff. Mm -hmm. Woodwork, uh, wool. Leather, if you needed it to work on your farm, it probably came from Birmingham. Now, in the Middle Ages, the church ran the only hospitals. In them, monks would care for the sick and poor as best they could. Well, in the early 13th century, a, quote, hospital dedicated to St. Thomas was built in Birmingham. In 1500, Birmingham was still a small market town with a population of about 1500 and it would seem tiny to us, and even by the standards of the time, it was a little town. Well, the old crown house was built in the 14th century. So that was that, the old crown house is another place in Birmingham there. In the 16th century, Birmingham grew rapidly. The, in 1547, the population was around 1,800 people. By 1560, it had probably passed 2,000 people, they say. And in the 17th century, Birmingham continued to grow. Um, So by 1650, it had a population of about 5,000 people. And in in that time, it was considered a pretty large and important place. So in 1570, a writer actually said Birmingham was, quote, full of inhabitants and echoing with forges. The lower part of it is very wet. The upper adorned with handsome buildings. So then, after all that, Aston Hall was built, you know, completed in 1635. Yeah. So all of that history and everything, and we finally get up to Aston Hall, but it kind of shows you the development of this town and why Aston Hall would be built in Birmingham. Right. It was a growing town with a lot of people, and this dude, Thomas Holt, he wanted to be in the middle of it and be that important uh, feller. He wanted but to be over mildly. it.
1: Yeah. And and for all practical purposes, he was. Um, you know, he had been, he had, he had made uh influential relationships that also provided him some power and some notoriety. Um, but it it gave him the ability to be the top dog in in Birmingham for for a good period of time. So right. as we said at the beginning of the show, he decided that if if he was going to be top dog, then he needed the nicest doghouse. So that was that was why they constructed Aston Hall. Now I, I, I mentioned this earlier. Not only was Tom and Holt, Thomas Holt very rich, he was obsessed with his status, and and he ruled not only over you know people of Birmingham, but his own family like a dictator. Okay, I mean, he, he felt like he could control everyone. And when he learned that his daughter's daughter Mary had made plans to elope with a lover of whom he disapproved, he locked her away in her bedroom mm. for 16 years. Good Lord. Now, this is, this is, again, according to legend, but there are some documents that support this actually happening. Now, being locked in that room, Mary Holt eventually, according to legend, lost her mind and died without ever being freed. Now, a report from a, quote, unknown source that appeared in the Aston Gazette said that Mary did indeed eventually escape, but she fell down the stairs to her death. So after all this time, you finally escape and then you fall and die.
0: Well, after sixteen years, I'd forget how to use stairs too.
1: <laughs> well, and if you if you look at, at the images outside of where Mary's room was, um, yeah, there's a, it's it's a crap load of stairs. It's like mm-hmm. a, I was describing it to Adam. It's like a geometric spiral staircase, almost like her room is at the top of a tower. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it 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 doesn't look like it's tremendously safe. You know, yeah. especially if you were already very distraught, um, you know, maybe even you know, um, mentally incapacitated. You go flying out of this room because you finally break out. Yeah, you know, now you got all these dag- steps to mm-hmm. fool with, and down you go. Um,
0: Probably, but they, they don't know. The they don't know there. for sure. After 16 years, she didn't remember steps being there, so it's
1: possible. Um, there, there's also. Um, some that believe that this was uh, this was a suicide. No, oh, um, yeah. you know, just yeah. after all that time, you know, she realizes this is, uh, you know, he's never going to change his mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always going to be here. And letters and di and diaries have been discovered, reportedly containing messages between Mary and her love Francis. And one entry from Mary reads, "Quote." I know under no circumstances will my father allow me to marry a third-class servant boy. Alas, all he cares about is his money. She goes on to describe the man Holt had chosen for her as a, quote, vile, cruel, and pathetic man, and later describes her father as her mortal enemy. Bad
0: blood, man.
1: Also, in what looks like a hastily written and distraught note, Francis reveals that he is going to be executed for his relationship to Mary. Huh. And, and he accuses in this note, Thomas Holt, of being a murderer. Now, there is a, a, another note with a very sad tone for Mary that reads, He is gone. May his soul rest in peace. They have warned me before. Now he is dead, as I will soon be too. So there is um there's really no indication that uh Francis was executed um but he he did die uh which may have led to a worsening of Mary's condition to the point that she might have been suicidal
0: well and they probably uh Holt probably wouldn't have allowed that to be recorded either if he was Executing a, quote, servant boy for trying to date his uh, daughter. Right. He, he doesn't want that out there. He's got an image to keep.
1: Right. And uh, but but this is uh, this is how he felt about it. Um, There is a letter or a diary entry from Thomas Holt himself. And it says people are speculating that I am a murderer. It was a mere servant. What value did his life have anyway? Hmm. He woke up every day just to serve me. I merely put him out of his misery. So, Holt might very well have had something to do with Francis's death, but I mean, he, you know, he gave no more uh, credit credit to Francis's life than he would. Stepping on a bug,
2: yeah, that's disgusting,
1: you know, essentially, you know saying that, that he put this kid out of his misery because all you know he was he wasn't worth anything well, how could I possibly be a murderer you yeah. know this this life didn't mean a thing, yeah, and it gives exactly. you the idea of the hubris involved here
0: yeah the the type of man that he was just didn't re- it, he seemed to not really value any life but his own.
1: Right. Now, visitors to Aston Hall have reported encounters with a white lady who is believed by many to be the ghost of Holt's abused daughter. She has been seen gliding along the top floors of the mansion where she was imprisoned during the final years of her life. Mary's spirit is the most commonly cited ghost story to come out of Aston Hall, and she is also. also ugh. And she is often referred to as the gray lady or the white lady. Now, a victim of Thomas's, Thomas Holt's legendary temper, Mary's ghost, remains trapped in the halls of the manor, roaming the area around the room that essentially served as her prison cell. Uh, photos from outside Aston Hall seem to show the gray face of a woman looking out onto the ground. Um, and you can you can see these photos they're they're very very common I mean you don't even have to look up ghosts. you can just look up Aston Hall. you'll mm-hmm. see these photos of this this face that is kind of just staring out of one of the upper floor windows um it i mean it, it's a face could it could it be somebody else yeah, I mean it could be a staff member um mm-hmm. but it's definitely there and it's definitely gray which is which is odd you know how if if somebody was looking out a window even in the shadow you could still make out some coloration this yeah. this face is completely gray so if yeah, they creepy. faked it they did some they did a little makeup artistry
0: mhm that's creepy man
1: but this all gives you an idea of how cruel thomas holt could be but he didn't stop there as i said holt felt that he controlled his family and his children should do his bidding which involved catering to his desire to grow his name and his fortune. Holt hosted King Charles I as a guest at the hall and used his influence to secure a position within the king's household for his second son Edward. Uh, he had he had big plans for Edward, okay? This whole this whole deal was to increase his family's dynasty intending for his son to marry well and increase their influence even further. But to his dismay, Edward fell in love with a woman named Elizabeth King. She was the daughter of John King, the Bishop of London. You know, still somebody of some high standing, but not in the position that Thomas Holt wanted.
0: It's almost like, People love who they want to love, and not who people try to make them love. It's weird. Well, that's right. I
2: mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, weird. I thought I
0: mean, this this arranged thing worked. I it's uh, weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here, look at this guy I got for you, sweetheart. You know, yeah, he's exactly. A big, you know, ridiculous fop. You know, so, some <laughs> yeah. goofy curly wig and <laughs> you know. So Boy, what was you're it, telling what's his me? name, Prince Valium from Spaceballs? You know? Yep, yep.
0: <laughs> what you're telling me is I probably don't need to go ahead and pick Michael's um, wife then. Yeah, it'd
1: probably a it. bad idea. Let him find his own. Okay, all yeah. right. Good idea. T- tough love and all. Go find your yeah, own wife, kid.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to do it for you. You need to learn how to do it.
1: <laughs> but, you know, but Thomas Holt, he... Of course, he did not want Edward marrying this Elizabeth King. He refused to give his permission for this marriage. And upon learning that Edward had gone ahead with the marriage regardless, he cut him completely out of all inheritance. So he just he essentially disowned Edward for marrying Elizabeth King. Okay. Um, and in fact... After disinheriting Edwards, Edward King Charles himself urged Holt to reconsider. Hmm. Okay, so Edward was Edward was not a fop, apparently. You know, Ed, Edward was, you know, probably a, a good-looking young man, strong, uh, healthy from a good family, and and King Charles obvi- obviously liked him. Liked him so much, you know, that he actually went to Thomas Holt on his behalf to say, hey, don't X him out. He's a, he's a good son. He just, he, he fell in love with somebody and, and you should accept that.
0: Right. He didn't do it. Of course not.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was so hateful that he quarreled with Edward for 20 years and went to great lengths to try and ruin him. So not only did he argue and fight with him, he actively tried to ruin his life over this. You know, I look, you know, I mean, you know, with my kids, you know, they're they're going to do what they're going to do. You know, I I may get upset with them cuz they're not doing what I need them to do. Mm-hmm. but this is this is extreme, you oh, know yeah. I'm not yeah. gonna fight with one of my kids over something like this, but you know Holt said, mm, no, it ain't working, so apparently Holt's anger toward his children left some pretty significant negative energy inside that house. Can you imagine here is the master of this house angry enough with his son to fight and argue and even actively do things against him right there in this house that's gonna leave a mark twenty yeah. years and, and you know we've already talked about it. i mean he he most likely either had uh his daughter's lover killed um I doubt he he dirtied his own hands yeah I but you know and then just blew it off like what what is what is wrong with you people yeah murderer yeah. i mean so. This is, this is going to leave some energy behind, and perhaps that is why spirits seem to linger around Aston Hall.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, after his eldest son, George, died in 1641, Holt remarried just to spite Edward. Huh. Now, hoping, hoping to have another son to serve as his heir so he would have a reason to truly, completely ex-Edward out. Um, he, uh, he took a wife who was much, much younger than him. Um, but she did bear him a son, but unfortunately, as was common at the times, the, um, the child died very early in life.
2: Mm, Yeah.
1: Now, Edward was killed in battle in 1643, having never reconciled with his father. And when Thomas Holt died at age 83, he left behind only his young widow and a daughter named Grace, which essentially ended the Holt line. But some reports say that in the days just before his death, Sir Thomas was finally persuaded to bequeath his title, which was... Um, jerk ba- face. baronet okay um to his uh his uh his only grandson which was edward's son robert holt so Hmm. i I mean i I assume that continues the line right this was his son's son so the holt line did carry on so some conflicting information there um but you know if if robert holt was indeed his grandson then he would have been his heir um even if it wasn't his direct heir right but maybe the unresolved issues keep his tormented spirit wandering the halls and there are there are events in the hall that they 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 somewhat attribute to the ghost of thomas hall uh thomas holt um you know Disembodied voices, footsteps, um, just odd little things that most haunted locations have. And Aston Hall is no different. But the building is also home to a spirit that's known as the Green Lady. We've had had a lot of white ladies. We've had a lot of ladies in red, a lot of ladies ladies in gray, yeah, but not too many in green. So the Green Lady is believed to have been Thomas Holt's housekeeper, Mrs. Walker. Hmm. Now, the Green Lady doesn't do a whole lot of housekeeping in the afterlife. but I don't blame her. (laughs) She is frequently approached by guests who mistake her for a staff member. So she's a fairly solid apparition. Uh, She's most commonly spotted in the Great Hall or in the housekeeper's living quarters. She wears a high collared green dress and is usually sitting down in a chair. Her appearances seem to become more frequent when major cleanings or renovations are being performed at the manor. So, you know, she, she may be showing her approval or disapproval. Um, she may just feel like she's being an overseer when things like this that would have fallen under her jurisdiction as the housekeeper uh, are occurring at the hall. Um, right. But, but it, is, it is very common to see the green lady. Now, in the 1980s, a staff member was locking the large oak doors between the great hall and the saloon. As he walked through the great hall, he saw a lady in a green dress with a, la- with a lace collar. Now, the receptionist desk, you know, in the 1980s, this place is already a museum, the receptionist desk was situated just to the side of the oak doors, but she reported that she didn't see anyone. Now, this staff member was later speaking of the incident with a former employee who told him that he too had seen the Green Lady some 20 years prior. And on that night, he had been called out to the house by police due to an alarm being triggered inside the home. And as he entered the house, he saw the same green lady walking down the stairs. Oh, weird. Yeah. Another staff member saw the green lady in the mid-1990s, and he was working in one of the corridors where he could look out of one window into another window across the way. So if you, if you look at Aston Hall, it, it's kind of built... With like an open courtyard kind of style. So it's, yeah. you know, you, you've got a, a portion of the home that if you look out an interior window, you see the courtyard, but you see the windows opposite the courtyard.
0: Yeah. Like and, those little hidden courtyards in Louisiana Yeah, that are, you have to walk down a narrow little thing between two buildings, but then you've got all the buildings yeah. surrounding that one little courtyard.
1: Here's some trivia for you, Adam. Do you know what that little walkway is called? An alley. No. Well, that's no. a good guess. <laughs> it's called a widow's walk. Huh. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. It's something I learned years ago, and I've managed to hold on to it.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's that useless information yes. that we keep, but we forget how to get
1: home some days. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. I, 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 Look, I was writing my phone number down for a patient the other day, and I wrote a phone number that I hadn't had in 15 years.
0: what the heck where did i pull that from
1: (laughs) i don't know if you asked me what that number was i probably couldn't have told you
0: right but just
1: automatically and now i'm looking at it and i'm going what okay
0: yeah well when i moved back to texas and got my texas license apparently if you are born here and started driving here and you get a driver's license they just keep your driver's license on file And I got the same driver's license number I had 15 years prior when I left Texas. What if
1: you had the same picture?
0: Oh, Lord. (laughs) I don't even want to. Y'all seen pictures of me as a kid. That that was not flattering. So, but it was one of those things. I was like, I know this number. And then I just, I mean, it was stuck in my head then. And I recalled it and I can't forget it now. (laughs) So yeah i did yeah many many years of the same driver's license number they just had it on hold for me
1: i think i smiled in my first one yeah which i i, I don't know why i'm just like you were Mear. so giddy to have a driver's license ha. yeah it was it was kind of touch and go there for a minute yay government picture ha.
0: <laughs> And so many years later you're like uh government picture
1: <laughs> all right so so back to this um so, so this guy in the 90s, he's on one side of the building and he looks through a window and he can see into another part of the building through that, the opposite window. As he watched, he saw a woman walking past that window. Now, when he's made his way over to where he had seen the woman, he found no one there. Now, at the time, Aston Hall did not open until 2 p.m. And since it was before 2 o'clock, he knew there was no way a visitor had made their way into the house. So he described the woman by saying she was wearing a green velvet dress with fair hair standing about five foot two. So he got a good look at this woman. Mm-hmm. Sounded like it. Yeah. Now, another spirit that's frequently seen is that of a young servant boy named Dick. Now, while working in Aston hall,
0: I think that's the name of uh, the Holt guy. Yeah, Dick. That was his nickname. (laughs) Big, big, uh,
1: big Dick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But he worked in Aston Hall, and and Dick was caught stealing a piece of bread. Now, stealing bread was a crime in those days. I think it'd be a crime today. I just don't think it would be. Hey, don't you take my bread. it, It wouldn't be punished this severely. Um, but as was custom, uh, Dick was locked away in the attic until his master, Thomas Holt returned to the manor. So he's away. So the staff or you know, they catch Dick stealing his bread and they say, all right, we're going to lock you up in the attic until, you know, master Holt returns and he'll decide what your punishment would be. Now Dick knew whatever punishment that was going to be, it was going to be horrible. You know, cuz here's this guy, you know, he he's he's locked up his daughter, he's disowned his son. What's he going to do to somebody stealing bread?
0: No joke.
1: Yeah. So, fearing the wrath of his master, <laughs> Dick hanged himself in the attic. Oh no. Now, the young boy's apparition has been spotted by many roaming the halls of Aston Hall, particularly around the area where he died. Although some visitors have reported seeing the apparition of a man hanging from the rafters in the servants' attic quarters. So, yeah, I heard a really good description of this, you know, where they uh, actually hear, you can hear the rafters kind of squeaking as if there's oh, a yeah. weight hanging from
0: hm mm. you know i I think that would probably be one of the things that would freak me out the most is if I went to a haunted place and got an apparition of that, yeah, like yeah, how that, horrible that yeah, that would just be that would make me turn around and leave, I think oh
1: yeah, yeah, well, I don't, I don't see that, no. But another death within Aston Hall is rumored to have left a paranormal trace. The ghost of a former cook is said to haunt the home after being murdered by Thomas Holt in the kitchen. but mm. well, this
0: dude just goes around murdering everybody yeah,
1: yeah he does your yeah, he don't, does don't like your it,
0: hair today off with your head,
1: yeah. After growing so angry over his cook's poor performance, Holt allegedly grabbed a meat cleaver and used it to split his cook's head clean in two.
0: Good grief.
1: Now, he would later use his power and influence to clear his own name of murder Mm
0: charm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. He probably did that
0: several times.
1: Yeah. I would imagine. You know, when he's the most powerful guy around and he does something... Who's going to be able to step up and go, you, you know, you killed this guy. And he's going to
0: be like, mm-hmm. okay,
1: so what? You well, know?
0: And the people above him, that they're not in the area, so they probably don't really care. Yeah, or even know. Yeah. And when yeah, they probably
1: it, did find out, if anybody ever left and traveled and, and could pass along word of this, probably been years Mm -hmm. and at that point again you know these wealthy people they whatever he can do what he wants to with his servants i'm not i don't want to mess with him he's an asshole
0: yeah exactly like have you talked to the guy i don't want (laughs) to talk to the guy
1: yeah i'm not he killed his cook i'm not surprised yeah
0: yeah do i want to
1: get involved absolutely not right Now, there is an interesting tale from the hall that speaks of a glowing ball of white light, which has been seen by staff and visitors alike, coming out of a wall and flying at high speed towards the staircase. Now, this has been linked to the cannonball, which came into the house, hit the staircase when Aston Hall was under attack during the English Civil War.
0: This is the first ghost cannonball that we've talked about on this show.
1: I know and and the writer of this article says essentially the same thing. You know, I've I've not ever heard of of a haunted um of the haunting by an inanimate object.
2: Right, right.
1: Yeah. Now we're not talking about like like a a, a something, you know, like a jewelry box was haunted. We're talking about mm-hmm. you're seeing the ghost of a cannonball <laughs> right you know right. or or something well, along those
0: lines a lot of times like if you look at um battlefields here in the US from the civil war you may see the spirit of the 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 soldiers that got killed and they may even reenact their death where they fall and you see them land on the ground but you never see the projectile that hit him, Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. You don't see a cannonball come flying there. You don't see a musket ball. So this is wild. Yeah.
1: But this, you, you know, wild. And I believe it, I believe it's Gettysburg that this happens. It may, it may be one of the other ones, but um, I know when we talked about Gettysburg, I remember talking about people hearing the yes. cannon fire, yep. Yep. you know, it even though Gettysburg. it's not there, yep. they're hearing cannon fire. They hear the horses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which, you know, that that's that's pretty incredible in and of itself. But nobody's, you know, dodging ghost cannonballs.
0: Wonder what would happen if you got hit by it. Like a like ghost just, cannonball? Yeah. If you were just standing there and this ghost cannonball came and it square in your chest, what would happen? I don't know. It, it Would I mean, it just go through you? Would it
1: actually would, knock you down? I would imagine. It, w- it would knock your spirit out of you. <laughs> Oh, there you go. You know, now, your your body's standing there and your spirit's laying down going, what the heck was that?
0: Well, uppercut my spirit and it just goes <laughs> flying out of me. Damn, he got hit so hard it knocked the ghost out of him. <laughs> now, staff and visitors have also reported. That's what happens to anybody Mike Tyson fights. He just knocks <laughs> the ghost
1: out of him. Well, I saw that in a cartoon, I think. Somebody got punched so hard, like their ghost popped out, and then it jumped back in their body. Oh, yeah. It was like an old Bugs Bunny cartoon or something, I think. That makes sense, yeah. But as as I said earlier, the staff and the visitors report voices, footsteps, you know, noises from rooms that are known to be unoccupied, all the typical things. But apparitions of children have been seen in the nursery. And a rocking horse moves on its own as if there's a child riding it, no thanks, yeah uh-uh. now i'm i I had this in my notes earlier, and then, after the fact i I got more information so i'm gonna I, so I decided i'm gonna leave this in, so we'll talk about it when I'm done. There is a video taken in. 2022, I believe, just last year. It's taken outside of Mary's room and it might have captured the gray lady. Now, in the video, the person operating the camera is walking up the many steps that lead to Mary's door at the top. The door is ajar and from the landing just below, the operator stops and begins to speak to Mary. He calls himself Thomas. And says aloud to Mary, what an unfortunate name for this guy to be Mm. Thomas. You know, why would he think Mary's spirit would respond to anybody named Thomas? Yeah, right. (laughs) But anyway, he says his name is Thomas, and he says aloud to Mary that he means her no harm, and he wants to know if she's in the room. Now, after several seconds pass, a shadow is seen passing quickly by the opening into the empty room. If you watch this video, it it looks pretty incredible. And obviously, these, these folks taking the video were surprised and frightened, and you hear the visitors quickly turn to retreat down the stairs as the video cuts. Hmm. So, however, uh, a, 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 a TikTok channel, Unearthly Paranormal, revealed the truth um, where the other investigator, where other investigators went in there suspecting that maybe something wasn't exactly right with this video, uh-huh. they ignored signs, which I thought this was peculiar. They ignored signs that said, do not open Mary's door or enter the room. And they discovered a projector that appeared uh-huh. to be producing the shadow. Yep. How unfortunate, but I do, I do want to make it clear. The people that shot the video were not in on this. They, they believed that they had captured some legitimate footage. Okay. But they were obeying the rules and they had not gone into the room. Um, but you know, they weren't trying to hoax anyone. They were just trying to put this amazing video footage that they had captured while at Aston Hall.
2: Yeah.
1: But, the the follow up video actually shows them shows another group quietly opening this door and you see this type of projector there in the you know in the floor right there which looked like it was responsible um for the shadow and there's even a light on the left side of the room that you can see through the crack in the door where the 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 door hinges are uh-huh. um which seems unusual that you would have a yeah. light situated there and this bothers me so much I, I know it it really shakes the credibility of any of the other ghost stories from Aston Hall um but you know I I, I try to to try to give them the benefit of the doubt here and you know look you know, you get new staff. This this place was built four hundred years ago. You know, we've got these stories of this haunted stuff. You know, let's let's have a little fun. Let's make a little extra money. Let's 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 build up some interest by just making making something happen. Okay, I I, I understand it, but you know, and and this this goes out to anybody else listening. If if you own if you operate if you uh, you know are are employed by any any place that has a reputation of being haunted and you know offers that as a reason for people to come and visit just let it be yep just let yep. it be what it is i think yep. i think most people when they go and they they stay in a haunted hotel or they take a tour of a place that's supposedly haunted. You kind of have this expectation. You have this hope that you experience something, but there's always the expectation that you're not going to experience anything paranormal. Right. Right. So just let it go. I think if it, if it's going to happen, it will happen. But when something like this is uncovered, um, you're just kind of like, man, you know, it just sounds like a lot of it is a bunch of, you know, a bunch of bull. Well, so I I don't think this makes this makes Aston Hall not haunted. Um, I just think maybe, you know, the staff was trying to help things along. Um, but again, you know, I, I haven't I haven't verified any of this, but I felt like if when I found this information That actually has the video of them going in the exact door where the original video was taken, and you see this thing in the floor and the lights set up. It it looks bad. I mean, as as far as you know, maybe this particular thing somebody was you know trying to play up the haunted aspect.
0: Well, and the problem is not just Aston Hall now. And you've got somebody doing this and this is going to tarnish the reputation of all haunted places everywhere because debunkers will go, oh, well, see, I mean, Aston Hall, they had a projector up. I feel the same way about these shows, these TV shows mm-hmm. that are caught faking stuff. That I mean, I think I forgot which one it was, but there was a, a TV show that got real popular for a while, early 2000s or something that they were caught faking their evidence. This just tarnishes the reputation of paranormal investigators, of haunted places, and everybody will say, well, look, see, I mean, they they had a projector at Aston Hall, so I guarantee you that's what's happening at, uh, you know, uh, whatever. An- another haunted mm. castle in the UK or... That's what happens at, at Bobby Mackey's here in the U.S. They're, they're just doing projections. It, it's nothing. It It's fake. See? Right. And I mean, okay, so you can't get the, quote, spirit to show up for everybody that shows up. So what? If you're into the paranormal, you understand that. Mm-hmm. You know that I may see it but I'm probably not going to and that's what makes the seeing something you know witnessing something feeling something it's what makes it more special
2: yeah yeah
0: if you could get a repeated uh response from a spirit then they would be testing it there would be the scientific method would be used on it it would actually be allowed to be discussed in scientific circles and stuff. It wouldn't be looked down upon, but then you go and try to make something repeatable by faking it. And it just ruins the credibility of everything else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it is unfortunate um because of that. Um But, you know, it, there's still a lot of other stories that go along with Aston Hall and including seeing the apparition of Mary outside of the room. Um but it's just going to make people go, well, if you're willing to fake that, you're willing to make up a story. Maybe. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm not I, I don't want to accuse anybody. I just want to say, you know, this this is unnecessary. I I really feel like this is unnecessary for any place to to fake it. You know, if if you know you're just trying to earn a few extra bucks, let it be what it is. You know, even even if the people leaving have convinced themselves that they had a paranormal experience, whether they did or not, that's a legitimate story that's going to go out into the community. It's going to spread. You know, Mm -hmm. look, perception is reality. If if I think that, you know, I, I saw something I can't explain. If I saw something move, if something touched me, then that story is real, and it's real to me, and it's going to be real when I tell it to anybody else. Okay, and that I think that's what you just leave it leave it as you know you just leave it at that. Um, yeah, but regardless of all that, Aston Hall is still an incredibly unique place. Um, oh yeah, you know it's it's like I said, it's one of the last. Um, standing uh, uh, examples of this jacobian architecture style um you know it, it, the the cannon the cannonball hole is real um That's so cool. so there is a lot of history there and and it did have a, a a unique role in the english civil war and that
0: Holt guy was a jerk yeah
1: and and he was and you know a very polarizing individual with a big lavish house because you know he he's trying to to show everybody how powerful and wealthy he really is look at me i deserve it (laughs) that's right i deserve it Mm you
0: know
1: that that just uh, that i hate that i deserve this gives me the willies but anyway but tell us what you think Do, do you you know for our listeners in the uk are you familiar with aston hall You familiar with these stories? You familiar with this this story from last year about the projector? Um, Let us know what you think. the The does this really does this tarnish the reputation of uh, Aston Hall being a haunted place? Let us know. And the best place to do that is in our Facebook group. Go on, search "Graveyard Tales." You find our group. It's called the Graveyard. Uh, Thousands of members. It's extraordinarily active. Uh, A lot of fun. A lot of a lot of good personal stories. Uh, you know, we've got people in there that ask for help with different problems. We got a lot of jokes and just a lot of fun. So so jump in there and enjoy it if you haven't already. Um, you can check out our website, which is graveyardpodcast.com, and there you can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. You can listen to the show and you can become a patron. And as Adam mentioned, everything we have on our on our Patreon uh, Patreon site, you know, all the extra bonus episodes, you know, it's just a lot of good material. You might want to hear Adam and I talk about something other than, you know, ghosts or cryptids or whatever. You know, we right. do that there. Um, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. It brings us up the charts, but it really just makes it easier to find and it brings more people, you know, into the graveyard. So, until next time. We'll save you a seat in the graveyard.
0: See you soon.